1: Spadrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first, it's over! 27 years of waiting have come on in! The Giants have won the pennant! All right, Brad, we are back. And as I can see in your background there, a little bit of smoke going on. What is going on in Reno? Yeah, we got the Mosquito Fire out in um,
0: Auburn, I think it is, Placer County. And there's mm-hmm. another one in Placer County, too, and it's just kind of socked us in. Uh, our our AQI right now is above 300. So I started the day at work. It uh, wasn't too bad. We were in, like, the 150s, 160s, and all of a sudden that uh, West wind came in and took it all from the mountains over to Tahoe and right to us. And it's ugly, man. It's ugly right now. So I always feel, you know, like this sucks and it sucks to, you know, see it and have to deal with it. But then you always just think about the people who are having to deal with the evacuations and all the other stuff. Man, I feel so bad for them.
1: And we were, you know, we were dealing with a heat wave all of last week and it's subsided a bit. It's a little cooler now And I was listening to a podcast. Um, I listened to the NPR Up First podcast every morning. It's like 15 minutes of kind of like the the big two stories uh, from the day before. And they were talking about how um, coming from like Baja, California, there were like tropical storms and... Just the weather was like nuts. It was like bizarro land weather, and then yeah. the 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 fires could have been even worse. But these tropical storms, because there was actual rain, helped kind of die them out a little bit. So yeah, it's just it's just craziness going on with the weather. So I hope that yeah, you know, I hope it's kind of behind us and and things go a little bit back to normal because you know I don't I don't I don't know if we you know you you have all of these people denying you know weather changing and stuff (laughs) and our effect on it and it's just like man you know these areas were not meant to be this way obviously and and so you know when you're not prepared like you know it's it's really tough on on the people because the fires and then like in san francisco for instance all of those homes because san francisco is near the water none of them have air conditioning because there was no need yeah and then you have like really you have old folks who are living in these homes who are really, really suffering because they don't have a c and it's it's crazy.
0: yeah, and you do you can't just crack a window that that's not going to do it because <laughs> if it's a you know one hundred and two outside, you crack a window, open up all the windows to get some airflow. If the wind is not blowing, you're not going to get anything, and then if the wind
1: is blowing you're going to get 102
0: degree heat coming through your house. So yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. We, we have one of those like attic fans. Oh, and the whole idea of the attic fan is to pull the, the air from the, the outside and, and cool it. But if there's, You know, if it's hot, then it it doesn't work as well. So it's just it's yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But brutal here. It was only I think it was in the lower 80s, high 70s. Today is only 73 right now. And this time last week, it was still in the 90s. So that is a positive.
0: Yeah, we've got 75 right now, but you can't even go outside. I can't open windows, you know, let in some air and cool down the house or anything. we got the AC running and I'm changing the filters. During the summer here, I'll change the, the, the AC filters. You're supposed to do it every three months? Yeah. I do it every month. I, I just have I put it in in the budget and I said we're changing those filters every month because yeah. of all the smoke and dirt and everything else you get up in the high desert desert here that you just really have to change them they're nasty after a month anyways. Yeah,
1: so. yeah. Uh so football season started last mm-hmm. week and yesterday was was the Sunday uh, all the Sunday games. Your team opened on Thursday. Yeah, Those of those who listen to this podcast know that we were battling it out last year (laughs) and, and the Rams came out on top in the NFC championship game. And so what, 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 what is our reward? Our reward for being in the NFC championship game last year is we both just, just, Play terribly and lose uh, <laughs> an opening weekend. You, you guys lost. At least you guys lost to a really good team in Buffalo. Florida. Yeah, but
0: you also have, you have a bit of an excuse. I mean, the weather was garbage. You yeah. had a, you know, I'll call him a rookie quarterback because he really didn't, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like he got a ton of reps last year, but you yeah. had a, a rookie-ish quarterback in this torrential downpour, a monsoon. I mean, you know, our excuse is nothing. I don't know. We just got beat. They decided not to show up and
1: got their butts handed to him. So Yeah, it was close too. And then all of a sudden I turned the yeah. game back on. I was like, what the heck happened? So <laughs> that the the little football lead in, we'll do that from time to time because we're both big football fans. And uh sometimes especially when baseball season is over, there's you know, there's not much to talk about when it comes to the Giants. But the reason why I mentioned that is because uh there's a new podcast on our feed. We we teased this last week. Uh, it is called "We Want Winners," and in the first episode, it was myself and, and my buddy Roderick Adams. Uh, we kind of explained uh, what the podcast was and why it was called that. It's based off of a a twelve year old story about an old uh, an old Facebook page that we had and and everything. So here here's the clip uh, there the the little graphic for it, and um, <laughs> so we have the the video in our YouTube feed and. You know, the YouTube feed, I've, I've started adding more clips and stuff. So we're, we're trickling up. I would love to see us get to 100 uh, YouTube subscribers at some point during this season. Uh, we're going to hopefully get that channel out there a little bit more. Uh, and also, uh, the audio is in the BSPN feed. So now there are two 49er shows. Uh, and when we bring, when, when we play the Rams, I I would love to bring Brad on if he can do it if if it if it fits with with the family time I would love to bring Brad on to break down Niners and Rams w- with me and Rod so that is an yeah. open invitation for Brad to come on that show My,
0: mine would not be from an X's and O's standpoint it would be from a lot of what is that can I make, can I make the heart? the heart yeah it would be from the heart that's <laughs> that's where it would be from from the fan perspective uh, but you know I do again. We have Athletic, the Athletic subscriptions. Uh, we love it. Uh, you turned me on to it. Uh, you know, I'd heard about it for, for many years. Um, and then you turned me on to it, and I kind of got into it. Um, and so I read all about the Ram stuff, which is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, you, you know, it helps out. I, when they get into the X's O O's stuff and they start talking about personnel and this personnel and that personnel, I'm kind of like, yeah, I, I didn't play. Uh, I didn't get into football until I was about ten years old. Um, you know, just watch the plays. Um, I, I played flag football in grade school. Does that count? No, it doesn't. Count. <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah. When it but so, and then when baseball. When we talk about baseball, is from a totally different perspective. Yes, it's a yes, fan perspective. Yes, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. But we were so into the game and we were so involved in the game for twenty plus years each that uh, we have a little bit more insight. Um, we played for some really, really good coaches. We played for some really bad coaches <laughs> through the years. It just happens as you when you play many, many years. Um, so, and we were talking about that the other day. Like, uh, you know, your forte is, is baseball, basketball. Mine is baseball. Uh, soccer and tennis. And, mm-hmm. and then and then when it comes to football, we're just we're really big fans of the game and still kind of learning and understanding the X's and O's, which is totally different from baseball. I mean, baseball is, you can watch the game. You can pick up the game of baseball after watching, you know, three or four games and kind of understand the nuances of it. Uh, but with football, man, you can, it, it's kind of like an open world video game, right? You can just kind of do whatever you want and within the rules, but... You can design crazy plays and see what happens, and yeah. see if it works.
1: You know? Yeah, baseball, you know the you do that. to do a, a football show from a fan perspective. Uh, you 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 do. I mean, I I would say you're probably not giving yourself enough credit for understanding what happens, but it's just not as uh, instinctual as it is with baseball, right? Uh, you know, there there's lots to learn, and I've learned a ton just by. There's just so much more information out there as well. So we the same way that we use information here. And, and, uh, you know, Brad's new favorite stat is uh Woba and, uh, and, and, and there, there's stuff like that with football and you can sort of break it down and, and it makes it, it makes football make a little bit more sense, but yeah, so sure. that podcast is out there. We did our first show live stream after the 49ers game, uh, yesterday we, we were not the skies falling. Uh, I, I think people who <laughs> listen to this show would understand that this is not the kind of stuff that we do. Like we just call it how yeah. we see it. Game one of seventeen, and uh, and and yeah, it, it, I think it's uh, people who like to sort of take the season game by game and really understand like how history works. Like the Niners started three and five last year, and then they went seven and two to to, to make the playoffs. So long season. Anyways, let's talk giant stuff because there is a lot of stuff to talk about actually this week, which is uh, great because. Uh, at some point, you know, during the last couple of weeks, we were kind of thinking like, man, you know, wh- what what do we watch for? Who are we watching for? Is it the David Vr kind of players? Uh, Joey Bart, we're paying attention to Bart. All these guys who are coming up and down and left and right. And uh, we were a little, there. There was a, a thought that maybe um, uh, Cole Waits was going to come up. Who's the fiery right hander. And I think he was on the taxi squad, but I don't, I don't think he, he, uh, He showed up on the main roster.
0: He was actually activated tonight. So he's activated for tonight's game. Two activations tonight. Cole Waits and Willie Calhoun. Um, Austin Dean was uh, optioned back to AAA. Left-handed hitter. And they are, 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 sorry, uh, right-handed hitter. And they are facing, I think, three righties coming up in this series. Uh, And then... Tommy Listella, we hardly knew you. He's, he's on the I.L. with neck Spasm, so that's probably the end of his season. And uh, I think he's owed $11.5 million next, year, next year. And I'm almost positive they will uh, release him and just kind of eat that money. Is
1: yeah. there a possibility that we can, f- because of the fact that there are now both leagues with the D.H., mm-hmm. What if we eat like sixty percent of the contract? Could you trade him for essentially nothing and the other team just takes a shot at him?
0: That would be a tough one. I I, I would say they could probably eat his entire contract and try to trade him for a you know, low A guy who throws ninety-eight. But walks two times more than he strikes <laughs> out, you know. as, so, as a pitcher, so uh, something like that—a project. I mean, at least they're getting something for him. Yeah. Um. Most likely, it'll be released. But don't, I, don't be shocked if it's. It, we'll take the eleven point five. Let's trade him. We'll take uh, your number one hundred and twenty-seven <laughs> prospect. <laughs> you know, guy who throws hard in low A ball and is uh, nineteen years old. We'll take him and see
1: what happens. You know what I was thinking when all of a sudden you're starting to see all of these players come up? Because back when we were, uh, not it's not even, we can't don't even go back that far, but essentially September was a time where you could just bring anybody you wanted up, and now I think you can only add three players. It goes from, what, 25 to 28? Uh, it actually goes from 26 to 28. 26 to um, 28. We were allowed to have 29
0: the other day against the uh, Brewers because it was a doubleheader. So doubleheader, you can always add one more or so.
1: And the way the Giants are dealing with this is there you can bring a player up five times. They can bounce back and forth during the season. It's it wasn't like this almost unlimited uh how it was last year. So they have not exercised everybody's five times. So you just right. have <laughs> you just have this pool of players and it's like, yep, this is why you're in Sacramento. Be ready. We just have a ton of options to, to use for the rest of the season and that's that's what it seems like they're doing
0: yeah absolutely and and you know i i because looking at it too remember not too long ago it was they would get a you know a guy like sean jelly all right pitched really really well against the brewers in the second game of the double header uh what did he go five innings three hits one ernie two walks and six strikeouts and his sinker was working super nasty, 95 to 97 sinker um, change up and cutter were both nasty and he was pitching really well. Well, then he's, you know, he pitches that game and then he's optioned back down to triple a, but not too long ago, it would be like, we're bringing up Sean jelly. Oh, great. We get to see him pitch the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, But now with all the shuffling and, the lineup weights, you know, so all right handed against lefties and all lefties against righties, and having those options and having a taxi squad and being able to move around, you're seeing a different game nowadays uh, from the management uh, standpoint than you did, you know, five, six, seven years ago, where it would be, you know, we'll bring up Mad Bum. And he'll pitch the rest of the season. And in between his starts, he'll be on the roster and he'll be here in San Francisco. So, And there's a chance that Jelly might you know, have been optioned, but he's still on the taxi squad hanging out in San Francisco. Doesn't have to go back to Sacramento and then come back to San Francisco in a couple of days to maybe pitch again. Um, not exactly sure the nuances of that and how that works, but... Um, Yeah, it's it's definitely a different game. I mean, there's a lot of things that are changing. You know, a lot of rule changes for next year, too, that we'll talk
1: about later. Yep, we're going to talk about that. That is on the list of of things to chat about. So I think the first thing that we were both like, oh, wow, like, not that we didn't see this coming. It just we didn't see it coming right now in September, which is our guy, Wilmer. Yeah. Wilmer Flores uh, signed a contract. uh, He re-upped his contract, essentially, Yeah, he was going to it was going to expire at the end of this year. And then the Giants signed him for two more years. And I was actually looking at his contract from uh, the last three years. So he's been with the Giants since 2020 base salary of three million now, because of the pandemic, it, they adjusted it. He only got like 30 something percent of it or whatever it was. Right. Uh, and then uh, last year, another 3 million. And then this year was 3.5 million. And so he's going to be a free agent in 2023. And the Giants just said, hey, uh, we don't want you to be a free agent in 2023. <laughs> and so they signed him to a two year deal for is it 13 uh let's
0: see two-year deal 13 so six and a half per year Uh, so it's a it's a
1: bump great deal it's a hundred percent bump uh from what he was making so good for him uh he is you know i think the thing about wilmer not that i was surprised to see him get uh for for the giants to to sign him to another two years because there is value there like it seems i the, they don't count this stat anymore but when we were younger they used to count the stat uh game winning rbi
0: Yeah, i <laughs> but love he, that stat i always yeah, thought but, that was a great stat
1: <laughs> but but wilmer himself he he you look at his overall numbers and you're like uh eh, you know i thought they would be a little bit better but the wh- where his his numbers stand out is uh you know he's the guy getting the the big hit in and late in the game when the giants are winning ball games like his numbers this year so far uh you know he's he's still got a little bit of chunk of change left to play Uh, he's only hitting 235 on base is 319 slugging is 414 but he does have 18 home runs he does have 66 runs scored so there is value there uh and his i think the reason why we were so excited when he was signed. And we'd have to go back uh, to the beginning of this, this podcast to see what we actually thought. But for me, the, the idea was he's got value in that you can throw him at third, you can throw him at first, and he's had to play some second this year, which is not my favorite version of Wilmer. <laughs> Why not? But, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, so there, there's a little bit of utility there, and he mashes lefties and then the way that the Giants put this team together he seemed to be like sort of like the perfect fit to face left handers now here's my question to you we've been talking all season about this team is too old this team is not athletic bringing Wilmer back does not change that he is the type of player that we've kind of been railing on all season long but at the same time, he does have 18 home runs, so he has been productive. And I think on a better team, not one that is, I think, we're, we're six games under 500 after yesterday. Um, not not, uh, not, on a team that is not a playoff team. His value probably doesn't look as great, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I like the signing, but at the same time, I was like, okay, my big worry here is we're just running it back. And Zadie's like, nope, 2022 was a fluke. I'm like that. Really worries me, but yeah. um, I think because there are players, Flores, uh, Jock, uh, Longo. That we'll have a discussion about Longo here w- when we talk about uh, VR. But there are guys like that, and for for the value for the low dollar amount that it will cost to bring them back, I think they are worth that 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 amount. But I also watched uh, the other team. When I was watching some of the replays of the games, it seemed like there were like four or five scoring opportunities that were the result of the fact that Jock, D- Jock Peterson can't play defense in left field. And so <laughs> yeah, at the and- same time, right? So <laughs> so if you're putting together a team where maybe Wilmer can play a little, little bit of first, a little bit of third, DH against lefties, and Jock can exclusively DH against righties, if they if those guys don't have to play any defense, I think I'm I, I feel a lot better about the this signing. But I have a feeling these guys are gonna have to play some defense. And that's where I'm like, oh my gosh, this is just gonna remind me of all my nightmares from this year.
2: There's no Ion team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast indeed.com slash blue wire sports terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed.
1: NFL Sunday ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan. Even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com
2: slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto-renews.
0: Yeah, and and you said two key words. Some defense. Mm -hmm. Right now, they're playing... All the defense. All the defense. Which which is not what you want. So so this could be a glimpse into what is going to be happening next year. Okay. So we got Dominic Leone was was DFA. Right. Yeah. So and here comes Cole Waits. They want fire. They want a a, a flamethrower right hander. They want flamethrower left handers. Um, I think things are starting to change a little bit um, in that regard when it comes to pitching. Again, you can build the staff, uh, Desclefani, um, uh, wood. Those guys are going to be back next year, uh, so so then when you start to look at the lineup, you say, well, w- what was our biggest fault this year? Obviously, the defense. We've talked about that. I don't yeah. know how many times the, yeah. the, the defense is just extremely faulty. Every, every but, podcast, every <laughs> every single we could just put crappy defense. We could just put that up on every show. But but you you hit the nail on the head. You're talking about a, a, you know a, a platooning DH. The Giants, we talked about, and everybody's talked about this season as well at one point, point, I said, we have eight DHs, and, and, and we only have one DH spot, and we have eight DHs, we, and they're playing the field. We need to stop this. So if you can narrow it down and say, Jock Peterson, Wilmer Flores, okay? Defense is not fantastic. But if you guys had to fill in in the field somewhere, Jock can play left field, and like you said, Wilmer can play three different positions. He's the right-handed version of Tommy Lestella. Tommy Lestella just never materialized because mm-hmm. of injuries, because of COVID, because of everything else that happened. But, uh, but Wilmer, Wilmer Flores did. He, he, he materialized into what Zadie's vision is for a player on this team. But I think, unfortunately um, there were too many lesser Wilmer for Flores on the team in terms of defense um, and, <laughs> And that's saying a lot because Wilmer's defense is not fantastic, but then you had guys out there who were playing lesser defense than Flores. So if you can get Flores and Peterson to DH and then you can build – a defensive team around that, but also guys who have a little bit of pop. I mean, Tyro Estrada, not the greatest defender, but he has some. Um, you know, an article I read today. He's playing a better shortstop mm-hmm. and getting more comfortable at shortstop. And Crawford's last season under contract is going to be next season. Um, Tyro's gonna be around for a while. So you start building him in, him into the shortstop position. Go out and get yourself A light hitting second baseman who can play a crazy good defense, a little bit of speed, larger bases next year. Yeah. Um, You you know, start building a speed defense team. I think, uh, you know, think in the 80s Cardinals, right? Can we get a (laughs) couple of hundred stolen base guys? What did they have, like 400 stolen base guys? Yeah. so so yeah, so I think I think you're getting a glimpse of what Zadie is trying to do leading into next season. He's getting a head start, which is great. Anytime you have a guy on your roster and you say, I want to, I wanna hang on to this guy. I don't want him to get out there to free agency. He doesn't want to go anywhere. Let's get that intact so when free agency does open, we can start talking to the free agents to say, look at our lineup. Here's where you're going to fit in. Here's where you're going to play. Here's a majority of where you're going to play. It's not, you know, well, you're going to be part one of, of eight parts that are coming in. Well, you know, if you can get that locked in and you can find that one guy and he can look at that lineup and say, these guys hit last year and with me in there, I can steal some bases. I can score some runs. I can make those plays. I can keep our pitchers happy and their ERAs down, which is nice. Um it, You know, I, I like it. I it's, it's funny. I like this time of year. It kind of feels like the off season mm-hmm. w- when you see moves like this, but then you go, yeah, but it's the off season, but we get to see the fruit of the off season tonight. I mean, you know, Giants play the Braves tonight. We get to see Wilmer Flores play, and we know he's going to be around for two more years. Um, I'm excited to see what kind of ovation he gets when he comes to the play because I know the fans, we love him. I mean, you know, he's a fantastic player, such a nice, happy guy, and he's got a Friends theme song. (laughs) I mean, you can't go wrong there, right?
1: (laughs) And there's also an interesting piece to this contract because there's a third year – Mutual team option. I can't yeah, even remember. I mean, I, I haven't. Remember, I don't know if I've ever heard that before. Anyways, Flores can pick up the three and a half million if he declines and is like, "Hey, I want to be a free agent." The Giants can say, "No, no. Well, we want to pick this option up. So, so here's eight point five, and and we're going to give it to you." Now, th- it's it's so tricky because if you're Wilmer. And uh, you know you have a so-so season. Do you try and trick the Giants <laughs> by picking up the three-point-five, and then and then they're then they're like, eh, you, you know, yeah. did they, you know, or, or uh, I'm I'm, so, I'm sorry, yeah, pick up the three-point-five, and then you decline, and then and then the Giants are like. Eh. And then you go into the free market and it's like, nope, there's, you know, you, the, you, your value is 2.5 or whatever. So this whole thing is like a tricky mind game between the two teams. I like it. It makes the yeah. option a little bit more fun. And I wonder what the Giants gain out of doing this because they have so much money that they could have right. just gave them a three-year deal and nobody would have blinked an eye because it's, it's six, you know, six and a half million dollars. And we know that the Giants had their lowest payroll in in years and years and years last year. So I don't know that this, this multi, this mutual option thing seems a little bit like uh, a cheaper team would do stuff like this, but who knows? Well, I I guess we'll hear more about it, but I, yeah, I thought this was an interesting little wrinkle to the deal.
0: Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying, but the pirates would not do something like that. (laughs) They would, they would say, okay, bye. Your, your contract's up. Sorry we're not going to pay you this $6 million huge contract that you want, uh, you know, per year. But um, I, I like that. And, and I think it plays into uh, it just, it works out for everybody because if Flores has a really bad season, he can pick up this 3.5, but he's also taking a pay cut. He, he, you know, he's chopping his salary in half, uh, but he's also, you know, three years older at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, and if he has a really good season and opts out the giants are saying well we'll pick up your option and here's a 2.5 million dollar raise i and and again knowing knowing the giants and knowing the way they work i'm sure and if they're in the money at that point and winning i'm sure and I think I've seen this before, but not with Zadie. They pick up that $8.5 million option and just say, here's 8.5 million. Let's work you a new two year contract. Mm -hmm. Um, And and then we'll get that 8.5 in there as well. and, And we'll take care of all of this. Um, the Giants take care of their players. I mean, that, that's the bottom line. And, and that's why, you know, players do want to come to San Francisco. And that's why a guy like Flores says, you know, I, I want to stay in San Francisco. It's yeah. just, they, they treat you well. It's a family environment. Love playing in San Francisco. Love playing in front of the fans. So, And I, I'm sure he'll get a nice ovation tonight.
1: All right. Before we get to the rest of what we're going to talk about. Let's uh mention what we're drinking. Now I sent you every every time I go to the grocery store, I feel like I send you a text of <laughs> of what I'm I love thinking. it, man. I love it because I don't go to the grocery store that often. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh I that Jack Daniels is is marketing a new whiskey called Bonded. Now I don't really understand the marketing behind it. It's about, you know, there are different barrels that they're aging this specific whiskey in and blah, 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 blah. But I thought about it. I was like, you know, have I ever had Jack Daniels except when taking a shot or <laughs> mixing it? Like, have I ever just had Jack Daniels either neat or on the rocks by itself? I don't think so. And so I was like, huh, maybe this bonded version. Oh, you know what? I may have done that with Gentleman Jack before. I've had Gentleman Jack oh, before. Yeah. But I was like, huh, let, let, let's try this. Let's, let, let's get some bonded. Let's throw it on uh, on some uh, ice and, and let's go. And I my palette is not um, artistic or in any way, but uh, I don't really. I, there's not really much of a difference for me. uh I it, like it's a it's a it's a hint smoother, I guess. But again, I haven't had Jack Daniels by itself uh, in in quite a quite a while. You know, I'm usually mixing it with Diet Coke or something. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so I probably wouldn't buy it again. But it was just a, an experiment on. And and there's actually another. There's a small barrel Jack Daniels that's a little bit more expensive. So I kind of got the middle yeah. one of it. But yeah, it, it it's it's it just tastes normally like regular Jack Daniels to me yeah it's tennessee whiskey versus
0: bourbon so mm-hmm. it's a little bit different um bottled in bond i think any um distiller can do that and from what i remember so there's a set uh way to uh, uh you know per the government there's a set way to distill whiskey if you follow those guidelines, you can put the bottled and bond label on that batch on those bottles, and then you get there was some sort of tax
1: break. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: I'm not I'm not sure if that's the case anymore because you know people started getting a little crazy with the whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, Looked it up real quick. Uh it was enacted in 1897. So, you know, it's been a, been around for quite a while. The 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 whole bottled and bond. I get the Evan Williams bottled and mm-hmm. bond. It's also a hundred proof. Um, and it's man, it's so smooth. It's so different than the regular Evan Williams, which I really like, but it, mm-hmm. but it's totally different very smooth kind of like almost like a candy apple aftertaste to it so mm. I'm jealous you have that bottle because as soon as I saw it come out um I think I saw it on
1: Twitter I was like
0: yeah I I definitely have to get that so
1: yeah they're actually <laughs> they're 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 marketing it like I I'd never hmm. I don't think I'd ever yeah. gotten any Jack Daniels ads like on Twitter and Facebook but I've started to see it in in my feeds and such Nice.
0: I'll be going to YouTube channels tonight. I have a couple of bourbon and whiskey dudes that I mm. follow that, uh, usually crack open a bottle and taste it and let you know about it. So, um, I called up the rock and I said, what should I drink? And of course, he said, what, is, <laughs> what choices are there? So I've got There's some Taramana tequila. He opened the Rams and, Bill's game the other night. I don't know I if you did. saw, that, saw in the that beginning, you know, yelling into the mic like he did for the Super Bowl. Um, I think he cursed us. I don't know what happened. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got some uh Zevia lemon lime twist and uh and then a and then a lime in there, and then I've got my my Baja Brewing Company. There you go. <laughs> my parents went down to uh Mexico during the I think it was around June and they picked up but uh, they went to Baja Brewing Company. My dad always sniffs out any kind of brewing company, anywhere in the world that mm-hmm. they go he will find the brewing companies and he'll, he'll go to one at least on the trip. So, um, so Taramana lemon lime twist and a little bit of lime refreshing on this nice, cool, smoky Jay. day. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I guess, I guess it's probably tequila for you would be a good choice because you don't want like some smoky bourbon. Cause you're living in smoky, you know, environment. Yeah. So yeah.
0: Walk into the car from the office today I was choking because I've got asthmas too. So yeah. I, so I'm choking on the way to the car. Just trying to like keep it in, and, and 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 we go camping a lot, and all I'm smelling is campfire. And then, yeah. and then again, you're thinking like, man, these are these are homes that are going up. These are properties that are going up and stuff. And we're sitting there and inhaling that stuff, and it's just, it's just bad all around. Bad all around.
1: All right, let's get to the play of the week because I think all this right. is going to kick off another discussion based on. If I know who, I think I know who won. So let the, I'm crossing my fingers that I'm setting up this discussion correctly.
0: Yeah, let me let me jump to. I had it up on my screen, and then I I pressed a button, Garrett, and then I went <laughs> away from it. <laughs> I got fast fingers today. Let's get to. It. All right, so we put our three players up for Player of the Week honors this week. Uh, coming in in third place with. 0% of the vote. Wow. Logan Webb, he had a good Poor game. Guy. And Logan Webb's last three games have been fantastic. Yeah, um, But he got he had one start, got a win, which, you know, again, win losses. It's not really a pitcher stat. Uh, seven innings, six hits, four strikeouts, and a 1.41 FIP. Uh, pitched really well in his one start. Carlos Rodon got a couple of votes. He's at 18.2% of the vote. Does he still he lead won- the bigs in strikeouts? I believe he does because the other night against the As of the Friday, Cubs, yeah. Yeah, on Friday against the Cubs, he had that one start, five and a third innings, 2.00 FIP, 0.67 X FIP, three hits, and 11 strikeouts. Um, ended up, I don't remember if he got the loss, but ended up not winning the game as the Giants lost that one. I believe it was four to two.
1: Gave up uh, his first home run in this entire season off of a slider. Yeah, and but you know,
0: it's Wrigley Field. All you have to do is somebody sneezes to left field and the <laughs> ball goes out, so. <laughs> but coming in first place, the rookie sensation David VR, 3.33 average on the on the week, 490 woba, 3 home runs, 5 ribs, 4 runs scored. And David VR is our player of the week. Look at that guy! So happy to be in the bigs.
1: And and so the the blurriness of this photo that I'm using just tells you how very little photographs are out there of young exactly. David. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, we're gonna have <laughs> to go go to the ballpark and take our own. It took me forever just <laughs> to find that one, as bad as it was. Uh, okay, so that is gonna kick off what I thought was kind of interesting because. VR showing some promise. And he does provide that a little bit of youth to this very old team. And he's going to be really cheap. And if he can actually hit major league pitching, all of a sudden he becomes such a value to this team on a lower dollar contract. And that brought up the thought if Evan Longoria is going to come back the Giants have the option to bring him back. um I'm going to look up Spot track right now just to make sure that we uh, we have the correct number here for him. But this has been a contract for Giants fans. They've just been counting down the year in which this contract <laughs> is over. and uh so his his uh his option is uh the, the Giants can buy him out in uh, for 5 million dollars or they can uh pick it up for 13 and he's making i think he's making 195 this year so salary will go down um and you know it's it's just one of those things where i we had been talking about this like one of the first few shows that we did we were talking about how come 2023 the books are clean, right? Like they can do so many things. We started talking about that two or three years ago. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When we like, like right, like right when we started doing this podcast, like that was the, the talk of what was going on was 2023 books are clean. Now you can bring him back and he might have the value that you need from the right-handed hitting side and you don't have to play him that much because you would have VR there. There there is um Casey Schmidt who's also in the minors who is much better defensively than VR but is not uh, not the hitter who that VR is uh, today. Yeah. So just it, it's it's all, it's so interesting now that you know we thought wow, you know we we're, we're done with this dude in uh you know and and maybe we're not done with this dude. Maybe we do bring him back and and he just plays. So it, technically, I think the way that they look at it is, you're bringing him back essentially for eight million because you're going to have to give him five million no matter what. So it's whether yeah. or not you want to tack on the extra eight million to his buyout to get to thirteen, and say, okay, if he only plays in eighty games, is he worth that eight million? And to this team, he may like. Like there, all of a sudden, there is a wave uh, of the smart baseball writers saying they may bring him back just because of that value.
0: Yeah. And and I think that would be a great move, a fantastic move. Um we we checked out Baggerly's article about that in the Athletic, but I think we've been talking about it for a little while now like what what do you do when a guy like that's uh, his option comes up he's not a he's not the healthiest guy he's older right i mean yeah. he's not Evan Longoria from ten to twelve years ago, yeah, but when he's on the field he's making he's still making some defensive plays um he's still crushing the baseball he's just not on the field for half the season um but again, to pay for half of Evan Longoria at eight eight and a half million dollars. Um, as a mentor to the younger guys, I mean, I think that's fantastic. I I think that's the way to go because, uh, but and one of the drawbacks though is you've got VR and you've got Longoria and they both hit lefties, yeah. But they both don't hit righties. So that's, <laughs> so that's kind of the problem. I mean, you're you're not talking platoon here. You're not talking platoon at third base. Um, but you're also giving VR a chance to grow. You're not saying, um, you know, VR, you're in at third base get us 152 games this season and let's see what your stats are at the end of the year. No, you're giving him a chance to struggle. If he, if he's going to struggle, let him struggle a little bit, but you're also giving him a little bit of a life raft because Zadie has always said, we are going to put a competitive team on the field. There is no chance. And I keep seeing this on Twitter. Now people are railing against picking up Longoria's option but people are railing against it because they said, well, just let all the young guys play. Well, that's not Zadie. That's, that's not what he's going to do. That's not what Kapler is going to agree to do, is just run out of A lineup and then give him two or three years and see what happens. No, they want to play competitive baseball today. They want to play it today. They want to play it tomorrow. They don't want to play it in three years. Um, so, so to see uh, – example, Wilmer Flores – Talking about extending Jock Peterson, talking about picking up longoria's one year option, um, these are all great ideas you can't yeah I don't think you could ever have a team built of just young rookies because if when you put them all in the majors you're probably only going to have about 30 to 40% of them that are going to flourish and go crazy. The rest are really, really going to struggle. I mean, look what we're seeing with O'Neal Cruz. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's hitting missiles and bombs, but he's only hitting like 200 or below 200. Are the fans going to put up with that? Are they going to come to the ballpark to see a bunch of 21- and 22-year-olds hit you know, 120 and 180? But, but well, they, he hit a majestic home run three weeks ago. Um, That's not going to cut it. They're going to want to see, you know, a team that is competitive, a team that can go into Chicago and then win two out of three when the chips are down and, and everything was ugly earlier in the week. Um, so I think I think it's a great move. I, I just I worry about the VR and and Longo both being right-handed, both struggling against right-handed hitting. That's the only thing I really worry about. Um, but but VR can come around. Um VR can come around and, and hit right-handers. Uh you know, it's just a matter of you know, fixing the approach against right-handers a, as time goes on. There's
1: also discussion about Jock Peterson. It sounds like they are discussing the possibility of bringing him back or, or doing similar deal with, with Jacques that they did with, with Wilmer where, you know, yeah. seasons got some time left. It's going to be free agent next year. Let's see if we can do something before free agency. And we lose that opportunity to, to continue to negotiate solely with the player. Yeah. Uh, and, oh, the one quote too that I really liked from Baggerly
0: um, that he got from Wilmer Flores about Longoria was, you know, Wilmer said he gave us an idea of how to approach him talking about um, Wade Miley, because uh, uh, I think uh, Longoria had seen him 46 times or something. So he said he gave us an idea of how to approach him Um you always listen to someone who's played the game a long time they can tell you or teach you how to approach the game for 8 million dollars to have a guy <laughs> like that on a 26 man roster is i think is worth more than 8 million dollars and people may say well just make him a coach I and mean, he's not ready to coach yeah if if the giants let him go he probably signs back with Tampa Bay and maybe finishes up another two years and then' sure. lose uh, uh, an in house coach so don 't let it happen Grab him
1: they have the money, so it's not a money mm-hmm. thing yeah and it's not like they would it's not like they would buy him out for the five, and then that eight million goes to somebody who who has that much value it 's going to go to. A wild card, right? It's going to go to yeah. maybe someone who doesn't play every day, and there's a reason why they don't play every day. so interesting, it's an interesting thing, and uh, I just wanted to note um one a couple of just quick stats uh he's got the second now if if we say two hundred at bats or whatever is is, is the uh, minimum second highest slugging percentage on the team behind jock. And that's yeah. with only 229 ABs. He's got like 13 jacks, and uh, on base, uh, similar. Uh, I think it. I think his. Oh, actually, I think it's OPS. His OPS is uh, second to Jock as well. Uh, there are guys who have a little bit higher, but they're you know they're in the 80 at bats or whatever. So when it comes to you know at least 200 at bats, uh, Evan Longoria is second in slugging and OPS. So what does that say? Well. The Giants aren't, you know, the, the 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 Bronx Bombers this year. But at the same time, when he is on the field, he is producing. Now, the, the question is, is how much is he going to be on the field next year? If he does, um, if he does come back, he won't have a, a, as big of a weight on his back to play every day. Like they really expected yeah. him this year, which he couldn't. He still has a bum hamstring. Uh, I mean, you saw him. Uh, they smoked a, a ground ball at him. Uh, was it last night or the night before? And he was just like, "I had to make a business decision. I was not <laughs> going to get in front of this thing." And right. it led to it led to two runs. So, yeah. So so if you can put
0: him at DH, you can save his body. Yeah. You can, uh, like they talked about too in the article, they could do the Buster Posey plan. Two on, one off. Two on, one off. Two on, one off. And then he ends up playing, you know, two thirds. I just did math real quick. Two thirds <laughs> of the, of the season, you know, at DH, and you know, maybe I
1: don't know, twenty games at third base. Yeah, maybe, 40 maybe games half. At like, like, let's give them, you know, yeah. let's give them half, just because we know the the. But yeah, it, so uh, of course, this front office and and Capler, they love their options. He would give them an option. Yes. Uh, I. I don't it, the only thing that it hurts my heart a little bit is it does seem like it's gonna take until twenty twenty four for them to um get younger. That's that's really the only thing is you know that's when Crawford is up. We'll see what the, I, I can't imagine Belt is coming back, but you know, late, late in the in the free agency, all of a sudden Belt, you know, if he doesn't have any options, they're like, dude, we got it. We you know, we have eight million, ten million waiting for you. You you know, you don't have to play every day. Like same thing, right? Yeah, we'll see, but I, I think and I think it will take another year until uh, they they do they are able to make a, a big attempt to get younger. By the way, you you like to uh, share sometimes uh, old friend Nick Martinez's tweets about the Giants. He's a very yes. fiery Giants fan. <laughs> did did he have a take on the Longoria th- or uh, not not not, I, not Longoria but the 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 Wilmer thing? And then I yeah. imagine his his thoughts about Longoria will be even worse. I
0: have not heard a word from him in the last couple of days about that. Um I'm waiting. I'm <laughs> waiting to see what he says about uh he doesn't like the old guys. I'll tell you that. Yeah. He doesn't like the old guys. Um, shoot him a yeah, text, I, just go. Just, just a text
1: that says Wilmer question mark. And that will open <laughs> up. It would just be like it just be yes. like you're opening the front door.
0: I'm going to predict he hates it. I'm going (laughs) to predict he hates it, but I I don't know. He could shock me. He could totally shock me. Uh,
1: All right. So I know you wanted to look at some of the moves that they've had to make this week just to kind of show the the insanity. Now, this (laughs) last week felt it it felt long because when we recorded on Tuesday, they had beat the Dodgers in game one. They played competitively in the next two games, the, sure. the, the end result of the score may not have been as close as some of those games were, but then they have this crazy doubleheader in Milwaukee. Corbin Burns is, uh, on fire and they lose that game. And then they come back and they, they, they really didn't have any life in the, in that second game. Um, and then they go into Chicago and they lose again. And I'm like, oh, my God, another five-game losing streak. What's going on? And then they win the next two games. So it just felt like that last week just took forever. And it was a busy week. They had a game every day, plus two games on one of those days. So it was like eight games in seven days. It was, it was nuts. But uh, what was uh, what was the deal with uh, all of the movement of the players?
0: Well, and, and before I get to that, you, you think – Last week felt long. <laughs> uh, this week we played three against the Braves and three oh, against yeah. the Dodgers. So, yeah, so it's going to be a little bit. And then we go to Colorado for four, which is never fun. I mean, yeah, I, I like winning. I like scoring 13 <laughs> runs, but I also don't like giving up 12 runs. So, um, but yeah, look at it. I mean, you know, it's September, so there's going to be lots of moves. So to start out the week, uh, I think right after we recorded, or maybe it was before we recorded, I can't quite remember, but uh, Joey Bart was taken off the concussion list. Yeah. He came back. Uh, Andrew Knapp was DFA'd, um, who, and then he ended up clearing um, waivers and then is back in AAA now, which is great because it's always good to have extra catchers. Um Luis Ortiz was promoted, uh, from AAA and, and in the week he ended up throwing two and two thirds innings, gave up one hit, one walk and one strikeout. Bryce Johnson was sent back down to AAA. Uh, Yermin Mercedes was sent to AAA. Then he took to Instagram <laughs> and, and said in Spanish, release me, let me go. Let me be free.
1: Um, he I wants to d- he, wants, he wants that dance again, huh?
0: He does. Yeah. It's a rough
1: dance when that becomes your go-to is I don't.
0: Yeah, exactly. We got Chicago. He's doing in Chicago. Now he's doing it in San Francisco, but he's still, he's still with the team. He hasn't been released. He hasn't been DFA. would He's still there. So somebody probably talked to him and said, look, we need you. We need you around. Um, Sean jelly promoted and talked about his game that he had against the brewers. Didn't start the game. Uh, no. I
1: think, who uh, started? Like Alex, Alex young, Alex young. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So Alex young started that game. Jelly came in pitched really well. I'd love to see jelly just get a full on start. Yeah. A full on predicted to go six inning start and, and see what we get out of him. Um, Austin Dean, um, was promoted, a right-handed hitter plays left field. Um, and then he was three for eight, hit three seventy five on the week. His three for eight was three singles. Uh, he did walk, so he did get on base four times, which is great. Then uh, that that next day after Jelly start, he was then returned back to Triple A, <laughs> like we talked about. I don't know if he's really in Sacramento or if he's just kind of hanging out and will be part of the next bullpen game or actually yeah. get a start. Uh, Dominic Leone put on the fifteen day IL and then released. So I'm mm-hmm. not sure how that works. Um, I think what that does is it allows him to get like some sort of injury settlement Mm. um, from the league. So it gives him like a little bit of extra money. Uh, Again, the Giants are smart. They're savvy. They know how to make people happy. Um, Bad things happen, but they also know how to make people happy. Yeah. Um, Then they signed... Uh Jean Carlos CEO to a minor league deal. Know <laughs> nothing about the guy, but we have plenty of those guys throughout the season. Yeah. Um, and then today activated Cole Waits and activated Willie Calhoun. Um, I'm not exactly sure what Willie Calhoun has been doing in the minors. Uh, I thought he was hitting fairly decent. Um, and he's an okay fielder, but uh he's on the roster tonight. And then Listella uh, to the I.L. with next spasms uh, again, probably the end of his season, probably
1: the end of his Giants career. Um, Do you think Lestella I mean, got hurt running on the pitch that made Stroman balk? It's, po-
0: <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It's possible. That was an ugly balk too. Cause it, what was Stroman
1: it- doing? Stroman was like,
0: <laughs> I thought, isn't that the one where the catcher actually stood up and, had called time at the very last second, and Strowman turned and looked at him and just stopped. Yeah, like what, what out and, it looked
1: yeah. as a as a former infielder, what it looked like is Strowman was he just literally forgot there was a base runner at first, which is why Lestella <laughs> yeah. was probably like he's not even paying attention to me. Lestella yeah. got this giant jump, and then his Strowman's infielders probably yelled at him like. He's going. And then he remembered he had a guy on third base. So he probably thought that it was the guy on third base, but when he looked like he was just confused. And and so yeah. I've seen that happen before. But usually that happens in like semi-pro, like
0: you know, Yeah, city exactly. ball. yeah. Because yeah. really at biz. that point in your career, you're used to the fact that somebody's yelling, going, he's going, and you and you continue on with your motion because you know if you stop your motion you're dead in the water and that's yeah. like the ultimate no-no for a pitcher. You start your motion, you finish your motion. So yeah, he might've just been a little, a little distracted. Oh, something else going on. It was a packed house. Yeah. It was Chicago. There were crazies in the stands. And we
1: oh, like Stroman. I, I kind of oh, wish yeah. the giants would have signed him. Now he's had uh, loved that. a bit of an up and down year with injuries and stuff too, but uh, he would, I, I would have liked to see him on this team. I still
0: don't understand when you're a, when you're a free agent pitcher and you have to choose between Wrigley field <laughs> and Oracle park, I still don't understand. Well, the, and the, also the, a rebuilding team and a team that just won 107 games.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm you know, the, just like what the giants did with Radon, right? Like they probably didn't offer him, you know, exactly what he was looking for. Uh, uh, the one more question before we talk about these rules, mm-hmm. who would you rather see pitch? In a game, Luis Gonzalez throwing 55-mile-an-hour EFIS pitches or Junior Marte? Because you were pretty tired of old Junior there this weekend. Give, give me Luis Gonzalez.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was just – because, again, last night in the Sunday night game, the Giants have a nice 4-1 lead, and Junior Marte comes in and says, you want to see this lead disappear? Yeah. I'm here. Suzuki, boom. I don't know. Boom. I- yeah, I just it's frustrating. Well, he also gave up, didn't he? Give up a knock and you know, like two knocks, and drove in a run, and then Suzuki's home run, and it's like, oh my gosh, it, his, yeah. his ball doesn't move; it's pretty straight. It did, so it is very straight. And then you watch Jelly and you watch his sinker at ninety five or ninety six, and I'm mm-hmm. thinking, how the hell do you hit that thing? Yeah. Um, and and some of his some of Jelly's stuff was up, but but God, yeah, I'm. I'm over Junior Marte. I think I texted <laughs> you that on Friday afternoon. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm i over Marte. <laughs> All
1: right, let's uh, let's last segment on the show. Let's talk about these changes, these rule changes for 2023. Now the players weren't very happy with them, but also, like there was really no way for them to do. Like there was only four player representatives in this, like in this rules committee thing. So. The owners were going to get whatever they wanted, and 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 so you know I know um, Slater was there as a representative of the, yeah. the players rep, and Greg Johnson was there also from the Giants. But uh, I I don't know how the players could have done anything like they were pretty much at the mercy of this rules committee when it came to what was going to happen, and uh, it sounded like they were pretty upset. Slater, he seemed to like he he was. His comments weren't so negative, but you could sort of tell he knew that he was screwed no matter what. But yeah. here's our outcome of these this, these rule changes. So bigger bases, the bases will increase in size from 15 inches to 18 inches. Now, I think, unless I'm not thinking of, of something else, I think this is a twofold thing. One, it, it may make uh, stealing more tempting. And if you think about how the the pitch clock and and the pickoff attempts are sort of involved there, that that may also add to the opportunities to steal bags, which we don't really see anymore. And you already alluded to the St. Louis Cardinals who had, you know, Vince Coleman stealing 115 bases seemingly, you know, for like three years in a row.
0: Oh, oh yeah.
1: And the other gonna thing, though, those,
0: I'm going to look up those stats while you're talking because I, I those always fascinated me
1: but the other thing is that by making it slightly bigger, the hope is, is that you don't have as many, um, uh, as many, uh, what would you even collisions, I guess, between runners and first baseman um, that, that happens from time to time where there's an errant throw and the runner is trying to get out of the way from this giant first baseman who's trying to catch this throw and it can create collisions and such. So, that that seems to be a fairly simple one with not a bunch of things involved as far as like what the players may be upset about i'm sh- it seems like that that everyone is fine with that one
0: yeah and th- that's kind of like a, a, a almost like the softball safety base in softball there's a safety base where you make the play at the base that's in the field and just on the other side of it and right up against it is like an orange base that's in foul territory, and that's the one that the runner hits. So you have two actually separate bases, uh, which is good. I mean, we we still we have some, seen some nasty collisions at first base in a bunch of games this year, so that,
1: that's always good. And the second one is the shift. Now, I, the, the language around this is, is pretty interesting because what they're essentially saying is that they want to ban the shift. I don't think the shift is necessarily going to be banned. I think defense is going to still move, but there are changes in what you can actually do. So all four infielders must have both feet entirely on the infield dirt when the pitcher is on the rubber. So you can't have the second baseman playing in shallow right field because the left-handed hitter is just going to drill a ball in that hole and, and you can make the stop. So infielder cannot do that. Brandon Belt may get a few more hits because that's the one yeah. that gets him all the time. Well, I think
0: Yaz actually is one of the top. They did a chart the other day. Yaz is one of the guys who gets the most base hits in the league
1: stolen because of the shift. Wow. And the other thing you cannot do now is you cannot move your infielders on the other side of the base. So if you're... A third baseman and a shortstop—you have to stay on your side of the field. Uh, if second base is sort of the the middle area, and then for second baseman and first baseman, same thing—you got to stay on your side of the field. That's going to be an interesting one because you know that players are going to get as close to that line as possible, and it'll be up to the umpires to kind of you know uh, regulate it. I guess that that's that will be interesting because these are the same umpires who. Uh, seemingly cannot call a, a a half swung strike correctly,
0: <laughs> um, or a bog.
1: <laughs> I don't know. We just name them all. <laughs> and so, failure to comply—like if you are illegally shifting—the uh, umpire calls you on it. It is an automatic ball for the pitcher, so that will make the pitcher very unhappy. Yes, and but how are they going to do? It? Are they going to start putting like a white chalk line? <laughs>
0: behind second base that goes from, you know, the point of second base to the outfield grass. I mean, that, that's what they're going to have to do. Right. Some sort of line. I think it would probably just draw it in the dirt with like, you know, use
1: something and just like put, I don't know. It, it's going to get weird. It's yeah. Get really weird. Totally. Totally. It's, it, it it's going to like, you know, they're, they're talking about, st- Like making the pitch clock so that these games are, they go a little bit faster. But now, are the umpires going to start huddling? Like, is his foot, oh, shoelace on the other side of the bat? Like, I just hope that stuff doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, because they're going to have to look at it as every pitch is happening. The umpire is going to have to look over. I mean, they don't want to do that. They don't want another job. They're, like you said, they're having a tough time with their real job.
1: (laughs) I mean, what they could do. Is uh, I don't know if the I don't know if the players would agree to this, but you know you could put some little thing in you know in a glove or something, and and that it just automatically tells you like oh disguise over the thing like this is what mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so so here's the one that um, is the most interesting to me because there's so many pieces to this. The pitch clock, once the ball is ready for play. The pitcher must begin his pitching motion within 15 seconds as long as bases are empty. And if there's a runner on, 20 seconds. The batter must be in the box within 8 seconds of the timer starting. Now, this started to happen a little bit when we were, when I was coaching and, and playing uh, City League. The umpire would just flat out tell you to get in the box And even if you're getting signs from the third base coach, nope, get in the box, nope, get in the box. Okay, that's a strike. I don't know if it's going to happen exactly like that, but it does. It it could be challenging, and it would be up to the third base coach to really, really have those signs ready for the player. Uh, If the pitcher is late, he's charged with an automatic ball. And if the batter is late, he's charged with an automatic strike. The pitcher may disengage from the rubber, stepping off, or or maybe throwing a pickoff attempt, no more than twice per plate appearance. If the batter advances during the plate appearance, the disengagement counter is reset. So if they steal a base, then the pitcher could do it again two times. If the pitcher steps off or throws to the bases a third time, the runner automatically advances if the pickoff attempt is unsuccessful. This is like a video game at this point. Yeah. Like, like it's like, uh-oh. Uh, I don't even know who has a great pickoff move anymore, but it's like, you know, uh, Logan Webb, he's used two of his pickoff already. Yeah. Now it's, uh, you know, now it's the runner, and he's getting an even bigger lead. But this is a, a giant lead. <laughs> no, he throws over. And no, he's not pickoff, off, so he's still
0: second anyways. That That's where I'm confused. So, so I guess I think you just answer my question here because let's say they throw over to Lewis Brinson twice. Yeah. They don't get him right. Now he can take a lead. That's like, I don't know, 10 feet off the bag <laughs> because he knows you're not going to throw or, but at that point you can, you can throw a pickoff move yeah. and you get him out. And and you don't waste it. Nothing happens to you, right? right? So, so yeah. I forgot about that aspect of it. So, yeah,
1: yeah, it it just becomes the game within the game. Yeah, exactly. And I, I do wonder because I don't, you know, I I don't feel like pitchers hold runners on at, like when we were younger, because there was always the threat to steal, like Eric Davis got on first, or Ricky Henderson, or Vince Coleman, and you, you just sort of knew one of these pitches they're going to run yeah yeah. they were going to run you just had to sort of guess which time almost nobody runs now so like i don't even know who's leading the uh baseball and stolen bases uh these i'll look it up while we're talking about this yeah yeah um but it's interesting that they do it now when they think that uh you know i guess this is just a way to speed up the game, but I don't even feel like people are stealing anymore. So in, uh, in all of baseball, now I, I, this, this actually makes sense to me. The, the two top players in stolen bases actually make a lot of sense to me because uh, they are cards in MLB The Show, and they are fast as hell, and I always <laughs> use them as pinch runners. Uh, yeah. So one of them is John Birdie, And the other one is uh, Mateo from Baltimore. Now, tell me how many bases you think Birdie has uh, to lead all of baseball this season.
0: I I already looked it up. And I I was actually looking at stolen base numbers. I think it was yesterday. And it's ridiculous to think that these are (laughs) these... Stolen base, and this is why we struggle so much in fantasy baseball. Got to get that <laughs> stolen base category. Well, I just picked up a guy, and he might steal steal a base this week, maybe. <laughs> but but that'll help me. Yeah, um, yeah. So go ahead and go ahead and tell everybody how ridiculously low these stolen base leaders are. Thirty four bags, thirty four. Unbelievable. And you know who leads the Giants? Yes, Mister Tyra Estrada with a whopping
1: 18 stolen bases. Yeah, I mean, that would be actually kind of cool if he does get to 20 because, the you know, and and the Giants are a very slow team, so they only have three guys in uh, double figures. It goes Tyro at 18, Austin Slater at 11. Austin Slater's only been thrown out once. Luis Gonzalez with 10, and then it goes Yastrzemski 5, Duggar, who's not even on the team anymore, with 4, Peterson actually has three, and Joy Bart two, Darren Ruff, Brandon Belt, Brinson, Crawford, Vossler. So then it's just nothing but zero. So like the rest of the, yeah. the rest of the roster is at zero. So yeah, it's it's just crazy how how very few stolen bases.
0: Uh, okay, going. Do you think we're going to see more dancing at first base once the two pickoff throws are made? see a lot more dancing and movement because if you can draw a throw a third throw over but you know you're not going but you're leaning and you're getting a nice lead and you're dancing off the bag but you know you can get back on a pickoff move then it's an automatic ball for the batter
1: right Right? are you you thinking like uh Henry Rowan Gardner from Rookie of the Year yeah. doing the block mock, mock <laughs> uh, on first. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Are we going to see? We're going to see some new wrinkles in the game. Be prepared because it's going to get really weird, man. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do as far as strategy with the extra length in the base. Now that could be the difference between like the bang bang at your outs, right? There could be yeah. more safes there. I don't know how many safes that means in a season, but uh, yeah, I think we're going to see some tests and we're going to see some teams who think that they're smarter than anybody else. And they're going to figure out, you know, the margin of, of whatever, and, and what they can do with that information. Well, it, it'll be very interesting. Uh, okay. So last thing is um, in order to speed up play generally, there will be a 30-second limit on both mound visits and the time between batters. So what they believe is that it'll cut down uh it'll it'll cut down the time of a game by as much as where was it? I saw a number. I, I think it was like 20 26 minutes. That and that's based off of the minor league data that they have. So if yeah. you're uh, a Giants fan and, you know, the games are about three hours. Now we're talking about closer to two and a half, and that may be a little bit more digestible for fans. So I think that is a pretty good, a pretty cool thing. But every time I see the the clock, uh, like when I'm watching like minor league highlights or something, it just feels hokey to me. It feels like, you know, it it, it doesn't feel like pro, ba- you know, major league baseball or or pro sports in, in, in general, yeah. but it's just something that we're going to have to get used to.
0: Well, and it's hard to say. So, if you're watching a game on TV, cool. Uh, let's get a little bit of a shorter game because you yeah. know, like our night games start sometimes seven fifteen uh, on a Friday night. I don't think I on a Friday night. I'm pretty burned out. I don't. I don't really want to stay up till eleven. Yeah, eleven thirty. I'd, I'd like to go to bed. Um, but if you're at the ballpark, it's a little bit different because if you pay for a ticket and you go to a ball game that is now half hour to 45 minutes shorter uh do you feel ripped off if those ticket prices don't come (laughs) down i mean they're not coming down but you get less product on the field now uh but you're gonna get more stolen bases yeah so what's the trade-off i don't know it's it's gonna be a little bit tricky to see how that is uh you know shorter games for people who go to the ballpark, is that going to be a good thing? Is that what they want? Because, again, shorter games, you're spending less on concessions because you can't leave your seat as much. You're going to miss more the more you leave your seat. Sure, but something sure. had to be done. I mean, it, it, we, we got some long games. Something had to be done.
1: All right. So I'm uh, I'm taking this from the Fangraphs article from uh, when, when by, by Michael Bauman, um, September 12th. So this is today. And so he wrote that the 18 inch basis probably is not going to have really any effect on offense, but he does think that it should reduce the risk of injury, which is, you know, kind of what it, it, it that's the more important thing than whether or not there's an extra five stolen bases this year. Uh, and then as far as the shift is concerned, he says the heart, the, the, the problem now, and he's, he's quoting uh, another writer Uh, basically saying that the real problem is it's just too hard to hit the baseball. Uh, The contact is too precious a commodity to waste anything but full effort swings. And it's funny because when you listen to Will, Will Clark talk about how to hit against the shift, he's like, Oh yeah, you got to take something off the swing. Got to go the other way. And the problem with that mentality is that these guys are throwing so hard. You can't really handle the bat like that because it's just so hard to actually put the ball in play. So that's an interesting thing. Uh, Batting averages uh, on balls in play league-wide is down, it looks to be about 25% this year than it was 10 years ago. So that, that seems to have to do with velocity more than anything else. But that also plays into this pitch clock thing. Because some people think, now I don't know if I've seen any data on this, but some people believe that if you kind of let the pitchers take up as much time as they want to throw pitch after pitch after pitch, they can continually throw it as hard as they they can. And and, and maybe with a shorter time between pitches, maybe that isn't the case. I think the worry is that They're going to do it anyways, and then get hurt. I think that's that's the real worry. So, um, you know, I think the pitch, the 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 pitch count or the pitch clock stuff, a little gimmicky. The pickoff stuff is really gimmicky, Mm, but it is it is also maybe the most unpopular play in baseball. Right? Like, where do you hear booze more? (laughs) It's when the pitcher steps off or the pitcher throws to first base. Those are where you hear the most boost. So taking that, taking away less of that is probably a smart thing, but yeah, you know, I think the one thing that, that we kind of hope that they remove is this three pitch minimum or three batter minimum. I mean to, you know, with these, these relievers, it's like, no, let's go back, you know, if we're shortening the game in all these different places, let's allow managers to, you know, to, to, to bring in a guy for, for one, one hitter, bring in a guy, you know, for two hitters, and, uh, you know, then we won't have to use so many Junior Martes uh, for three matters. <laughs> and, and, and yes. Uh,
0: poor Junior. He's poor never Junior. coming on our show. No. is he?
1: He's yeah. probably a really nice guy, too. We're just, I'm sure he's a very nice We're guy. We're just picking on him because our season has is, is not been great yeah. so far.
0: Sorry, Junior. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So uh, to end this, uh, Giants, like I said, are six games under 500. They bring in Atlanta starting tonight. Uh, Actually, the game is about to start as we're finishing this up. Atlanta had actually taken the lead in the NL East, but now they've lost two games in a row. So they're back to a game and a half behind the Mets. But they've they've just been on fire of late. Uh, And then the Dodgers are 96 and 43. They've already clinched (laughs) amazingly a playoff spot. And, uh, yeah. And there's, uh, what do we got? We got like 20 games left in the season or something like that, or maybe, maybe not it's quite like the, that much, but like
0: the 2012 giants where they clinched so clinched so early and we sat there and we're like, okay, well, yeah, exactly. we do the rest of the
1: season. So, uh, both, uh, you know, we got six against, uh, two of the best teams in, in all of baseball. I mean, literally in all of baseball, you have Houston in the American league with 90 wins but other than that, it's Dodgers with 96, Mets with 89, Atlanta with 87. And those are your four best teams in baseball. And the, and the Yankees are, are right behind them. So Giants are going to have a tough week. I would like to see them win at least one game in each of these series. And if you yeah. win one, then let, you know, let's go for two. But I, wanna, I don't want to see them get swept in, in their home park by the, the Braves or the Dodgers. Like That would be terrible. I I'm going to say, I'd love to see a 500 week, but I do
0: not want to see a 500 week of sweeping the Braves and then getting swept by the
1: <laughs> Yeah. That would not be a very enjoyable <laughs> 500 week at all. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: All right. So we are done here. We'll be back next week. Now I haven't even told you this, but I think I'm going to need to do the show Tuesday if, if we can, because I have something going on Monday night, but, um, if we can't, then we'll figure something else out. But uh, I think I think I'm going to have to 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 be off on Monday or to be free on Monday. But um, otherwise, I, I think I'm I think I'm good on Tuesday. So. Okay, cool. So so yeah, we'll be yeah. back in in eight days rather than seven days. But uh, but yeah, so Brad and I will be back next week. Uh, so for Brad, I'm Double G. See you when we see you. Peace out. Peace.
2: A nature trail is more than a path. It's a place for laughter, self-reflection, and a breath of fresh air. AllTrails Plus helps you plan your next hike so you can relax and enjoy the journey. Discover new trails near you with the distance away feature and get immersive trail previews and offline maps so you can take those exciting first steps with confidence. Get outside today with three free months of AllTrails Plus. Just use code PODCAST23 at alltrails.com slash podcast. That's three months free at alltrails.com slash podcast with code PODCAST23.